Welcome to Sober Sisters Talk, a podcast on recovery with Elizabeth Pudwell and MG. We bring you our experience, strength, and hope from a variety of sources, therapy, 12-step recovery, and life lessons of long-term sobriety. To contact us, email SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Sober Sisters Talk. We're glad you're here. Now here's our next podcast. Also, we'd love to invite you to a Zoom meeting this Friday night at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you're interested, email SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com and we'll send you the meeting information and password. We hope to see you this Friday. Hi, everybody. This is MG. And I'm Elizabeth Pudwell, and together we are Sober Sisters Talk. Welcome. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. It is the middle of March in Houston, and I love the month of March in Houston. It's one of my favorite months. The weather is just absolutely beautiful. And um, today we have a guest on the on our podcast. So welcome, Mary. Welcome. Welcome. MMG. And so... Um, why I invited Mary to come on today was because we've had um, several conversations about some like steep consequences of what happened a long time ago, like not what I've done recently, you know, but what's what happened a while ago and that those consequences still like they bubble up. They still come up, you know, years later. And um, I'm sure you have your own people or your own stuff, right, MG? Oh, yeah. In fact, I went through something last week around uh, my sister's, my sister had a, had a grandbaby. Her daughter gave birth to a child and named this child after a close friend of mine that died. And so, you know, I had a lot of emotions around that, something that happened 30 years ago. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Well, and I've been working with a new sponsor, and um, I noticed this morning we we talked, and we have these two scheduled talks a week, and we were talking about my dating, and I told her that I had had a date last Saturday, and um, I really liked him and wanted to go out with him again, but I hadn't heard from him, and she was like, well, why don't you just reach out to him? <laughs> exactly. So listener mg's got both hands up and popeyes you know and that's how i felt and as she was talking about the reasons why it's okay i noticed i i told her i said all right so intellectually i'm with you but my body and the first thought that came into my head was i need to protect my dear little heart my tender little heart you know so there are things that we do have that they're you know they're probably going to be with us for life but it also helps us and it helps me help other people. And I'm sure you as well, right? right. So um, I want you to tell a little bit of a condensed version of the, 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 your ex-husband and some of the acting out behavior that we talked about and then the consequences. Would you share that with us briefly? Yes. Um, well, I got a divorce uh, five years ago and uh, so, but right during the time that we, before we signed out on the divorce, I, I found on 2014, my ex-husband was day trading and uh, 
So what he didn't share with me was that he he actually he received in 2012 he received a, a quite a large uh, trust living trust fund from his dad. It was six hundred and eighty thousand dollars, and he was going to school, and he so some of his friends they talked to him into that. Well, you know, instead of him, you know, going to school, he could have doubled up the money if he would have started day trading. <laughs> Yeah, about that day trading, it was during dinner time. And but I said, this guy too, this guy too, though he's an addict, right? Yeah, he was an I mean, addict. Okay, so and not 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 called out by his ex-wife, but he was in the program at the time. We met in the program. Okay, we met in the program. We met in AA actually, and he was eleven years sober. But little did I know that I didn't know that he was also a sex addict, a closest. And that all came out afterwards, but um, you know we had a we had a wonderful marriage. Or we thought that it was a, I thought that it was a wonderful marriage. At the time when we met, he was working as an airplane mechanic, and then you know uh, it, things were going really well. We got uh, we got married in 2005, but um, you know, and then in 2011 he was working for Continental, and Continental closed down. In 2012, his dad gave him this trust fund, but he was already going to school because he wanted to get a degree in, in engineering. And because he said, you know, you don't have to work so hard anymore. We'll be able to travel more. And, you know, all the wonderful talking that I believed. But when at dinner time, when he told me that he decided that he was going to do day trading instead of finishing school, I thought, but why are you doing that? Remember in 2008, when the market fell down, your dad had to sell a lot of assets, has to, you know, and he was very upset. And, and even though we saw a lot of our neighbors moving out of the house because they couldn't make payments on the house. And then I said, what? The thing that I say to him, I said, why are you doing that stupid thing? You know, that's, you know, that's not your, your field of experience. And from then on, it was the dynamics change in our marriage. Um, you know, he was already day trading at the house. I had a lot of computers. He went and he got a company. He didn't share in the company. Later on, he just said, I'll open up a company. Uh, you know, he opened up our own banking account, um, everything. And, um, you know, my name was not on that. So, but then from 2013 to 2015, you know, there was a lot of lies, a lot of walking on eggshells, you know, he, we separated and, you know, when we separated was because he was losing a lot of the money. And not only that, he, he was day trading from eight o'clock in the morning to one o'clock in the afternoon. After that, he was just having a lot, you know, a lot of free time on his hands and he was going to like massage parlors and, you know, he and being in the computer. And soon enough, he was having affairs. And then he was just losing a lot of money. And beside that, he got into drugs. And I didn't know that. But he was really good about being a good liar because I would go to work in the morning from 8 o'clock in the morning to about 6, 7 o'clock. And he was already home always at 5 o'clock waiting for so, okay. me. Yeah. So you guys, like, you're having this tumultuous year, and um, 
he's blowing money and you start suspecting him of cheating you hadn't at this point you hadn't confirmed that right no i didn't confirm that but the thing is when i was at work i was having this this uh anxieties you know inside of me like mary go home and check on something you know and a couple of times i drove home but it was nothing it was like some kind of voice were already talking yeah, to me into like, the thought mm-hmm. that something wasn't happening but then when i was home he was so much like he didn't like the way how the maids clean he didn't like the way how i make the bed he didn't like how i did my hair sometimes you know he wanted to be this stereotype he wanted me to have a facelift he wanted me to have a uh, oh so he started body. picking on you yes and you know and he was very protective of the animals too because a couple of times I, I left the door open and he just scream and yell at me you know the one one day the dogs were going to get run over and it was going to be my fault you know a lot of things like that and then you know soon enough he was just getting ready just to let me know that the marriage was working out and you know i got a therapist we got a therapist but i think he he told the therapist don't tell her the truth because he was going to sue her but um my um you know my i went and got another therapist for myself and i don't think the problem is you're the problem here i think it's your husband and you need to you need to get all your assets and form get a lawyer and get a divorce because your husband is having an affair he has one foot in and one foot out and unfortunately things is not going to work out for you he said watch your finances but you know in 2014 i already signed our double two when we were filing our income tax and he never never say how much he made he lied to the government and to this day that is still haunting me not only that before we, before we got divorced we were getting letters you know that he owns 65,000 and to the IRS to the IRS and then I confronted him many times and I said why are these letters are getting I'll take care and I'll take care so at the time I got a lawyer and the lawyer she was my friend or she's still my friend and so we did some investigation and when we did all the investigation we found a lot of stuff a lot of stuff that multiple affairs that he was having he was also in some dating sites and um he even went and got an apartment and then in the apartment he was bringing prostitutes and all um but he never shared with me how much he was making on the day trading he wasn't making hardly he was losing more than he was making because he was doing drugs he was doing uppers and downers and to all the other male friends that he he was a really good friend with they were doing the same thing and to this day every single one of those guys is divorced because when the wife found out you know one almost died from diverticulitis my ex-husband almost died too from diverticulitis he had to have a major major uh, back-to-back stomach surgery and then the other one also was doing opioids so um so whatever happened with the the irs bill what with the well the irs is still is hunting me because uh i signed the divorce in 2015 
the divorce papers, but he never, whenever I will give him those papers, he said, I'll take care of it. I'll take care. I talked to his family. I called his family many times. Nothing was done. And so they, he never paid it. And now they're coming after you. Right. But did they ever come after him? Do you know? I think they're coming after him, but he doesn't leave any paper trail. He's really good about. Do you know where he is? Uh, yeah, he. I know now. He's in Wichita, Kansas, and he's remarried. Oh, going on in two years marriage. But you don't have an address or anything that you could send the IRS or. No, I don't have an address because I think the address is under his wife. So oh. I will have to do another hire another private investigator, and. You know, that's going to be another $2,500 down the road because that's how much I pay on the first private investigator when the lawyer suggested we needed to do that, an investigation. And that's what we found. And she even said, she said, you needed to get a divorce because your husband is in there and then it's going to come after you. But unfortunately, I was getting my attic prepared. You know, when I found out how much acting out he was doing, I, for some reason, it's like, I want to get a revenge. And I got myself into SLA. I got an expo I got a sponsor and I started working the step through her. But this didn't help me out that much because, uh, you know, all I wanted just, um, just get out of the pain. And then I waited to the end, almost to the end until, um, you know, my divorce was over. And, but then the sponsor halfway, she told me, you know, she couldn't, she couldn't continue sponsoring me because she was going through the same, exactly the same thing that I was going. And, and little did I know that I was, I, I know that something needed to change on me. And I said, you know what, maybe I made a list of it in 20, uh, I think it was 2008 when we met, when I met her. And, you know, and I, I think I've seen Elizabeth before, but I saw how vulnerable and when she, and she was crying and I even felt compassion for her. But then when I was thinking about asking her for a sponsor, I said, I don't think she's going to sponsor me because whenever she found who I am, you know, the stuff, my stuff, she's going to say, no way. But uh, I was scared. Um, I didn't know, you know, how it was going to be a relationship, but uh, I, I did, I did, and, uh, and, and I showed up, and then I did the work, but I was not being honest with her totally. I, went, I was going to, I was doing it my way, because I knew, you know, if I had the sponsor, you know, I'm going through this SLA, but I was lying. I was going to the meetings, I was doing the step work with her. But I was not totally vulnerable and genuine. And and was and that Mary? Was, because it was, uh, you know, what were you lying to her about? Like your part in it? Like you know, were you not sharing like what you had been doing, or or why did you? Or maybe a better question is, uh, why did you not want to go there and be completely vulnerable? Because I was in shame, in a lot of shame. Oh, because yeah. when I was coming home, I was watching a lot of, I went in the computer and, and watched what he was doing. All the stuff that he did, how the prostitute was acting, 
the stuff that he did, he put himself into it. And, besides, yeah. and then beside that, the IRS stuff. And then I was like, I can do that better. I can do that better. Mm-hmm. And that's what, um, you know, I started acting out. I was just preparing myself. I started watching a lot of pornography. I was spending hours and hours and hours. The next day I would get up and go to work and I was black eyes. You know, I I met one crazy guy too online and that was that was not, not nice. Well, um, and I and I think that this is a good message for our listeners out there, you know, because I see two big lessons. One was if it had not been for this huge financial windfall, here he was in school trying to be an engineer. He got this windfall. And I think sometimes as us as addicts, that when we get something really fantastic, we're off to the races. Yeah. You know, my brother was able to manage his alcoholism and then he retired. And now he's just drinking all day. You know, he's got all this time on his hands. Because he doesn't have anything else to do. Yeah. Right, right. And so, you know, I see sometimes, Mary, that that's what happens to us. When when you think we get something that's really great as addicts, we can just take off with it. And then what I also see is that because of your own shame around your own acting out, you couldn't take the next step to go forward to deepen your program. And I think that that's a great lesson for our listeners is that your program is only going to be as good as the effort you put into it. And it's called a half measure. So I just wanted to throw that in there, but I wanted you to continue because I want to hear, it sounds like you were able to get on the other side of it, right? Even though this sponsor, you and she weren't, didn't work for very long. What happened there? Well, because she was going through the divorce too. Her husband was acting ah. exactly the same thing like my ex-husband. Exactly. They kind of added, I mean, God put me through the same sponsor. She got me through. We did the 12 step. But I guess I was not genuine either. She was going through all that stuff. And then in the meantime, I was in such a pain, like why I had a, such a beautiful marriage, such a fantasy, the white picking fan, the big house, the beautiful blue eyed six feet tall husband you know we had all this wonderful like how dare i'm losing this you know when i'm such a perfect wife because i did when i did the program i did it so well i surrendered and i became i was so angry due to the program because it's like i clean up from my drug from drugs and alcohol and now from sex and now i got this why are you doing this to me god and then you know what the thing is what I picked up is worse than it was the first time when I came to SLA. So I just want to make sure, I just want to make sure the listener understands. So what happened at this point is Mary found his porn on his computer and started watching it. And some of it was, you know, produced porn, but some of it was him with acting out. And so it, that's what spurred her into being like, I can do this. I can be this to him. If I do this, he won't leave me or a guy will love me or whatever. The stories that we make up about that stuff. Isn't that right? It's right. And it didn't work. It didn't work. 
Well, why don't you tell us what it did do, like how it affected you, like what happened, you know, because we were, we were just starting to work together at that point, right? Yeah, because I wanted to alleviate what I was. I didn't want, because, you know, I, I going through the meeting and hear so much the result about my acting now, but then, you know, I somehow I wanted to change again, but I wanted to have that life again. I want to reveal that and even better, what was going to happen? You know, if I was turning myself into be a, this beautiful, gorgeous prostitute with this beautiful body, then what did I do? I mean, I started flirting with my neighbor. Mm. Then one day I dressed up really sexy one night and boom, I took pictures and the pictures went viral to all my neighbors. <gasps> that, that's what it stuff. You know, uh, I stopped that I was doing. I mean, and I was, then I, I went with my best friend to Italy. He took me to Italy. We went on a vacation. And what did I do? When I meet a guy, a gorgeous guy, same thing. I wanted the guy. It's like, I want to capture every single white guy. I wanted to just keep it. And then I start having affairs on the phone, just exactly like my ex-husband did, dressing up and, um, you know, I, I was just going and going and going and doing. Then I started traveling to Italy and then I was started spending a lot of money. Even my best friend said, why are you doing that? Why are you spending, you know, is, that guy should come and see you and um, he well, should come and see you. But one thing is, backing up is like, I should have done better investigation and like the finances. Why? Are we in debt? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, and maybe not like, but you know, when when you brought it to his attention, he was like, you know, because that is a red flag in itself. Like, oh, that's nothing. I'll take care of that. Like, give it to me, you know, or whatever. When they act like that, that that's that's a flag that someone is hiding something, you know. Right. And Mary, I want to, you know, I, I want to, you know, uh, affirm you and saying that. You know, if you would have known better, you would have done better. Right. You would have done differently. And you didn't know any better. And based on your experience with your husband at that point, you know, you did trust him and you right. did honor him and you were being a good wife. Now, in hindsight, it's 2020. You know, right. we look back and we say, oh, I wish I would have done things so differently. But, you know, you, you didn't. And, you know... Um, I have such compassion for your story around all that. And that's why, you know, these, these like co-sex addictions, these co-addictions, like codependency, you know, alanonics are, you know, with the alcoholic, you know, they rope us in and pull us down with, you know, their own bullshit. And I, you know, I've got pictures out there too. Hopefully this guy will never... Put them out there, but Lord, that's why I could never run for office because I have a filthy past. Okay, let me just you know affirm you there too, and that and that that's what I think is the beauty about this program is that none of us are, you know, these you know. Well, you didn't invent this stuff. Yeah. You know, you none of us invented this stuff, and I do have pictures out there too somewhere. I hope not, but I know he did take pictures of me, but 
it's like, you know, all of this stuff that's coming up in the media right now. And, you know, they're talking, there's all of this uncovering. We have a quarterback here in Houston that is being exposed for a bunch of stuff. And we don't know if it's true or not at this point, but it's going on and it's happening. And, um, you know, there's, I, I would, you know, I know a lot of women that have been sexually assaulted and never reported it. And I am one. And, you know, it happens a lot and we didn't invent that stuff. And there's a reason we don't say anything. And there's a reason that we don't, you know, shine a light on it. There's a reason that, you know, that there are consequences of this behavior. But one of the things we talked about yesterday, Mary, when we were kind of prepping for this is I asked you, you know, what would you, what, what would you want to advise your younger self? Maybe I shouldn't be not so trusty in the beginning. I, you know, I know that when I said, you know, the day trading wasn't the right thing, I should have protected myself. When we went into the separation, couple couple women from my, my clients told me, Mary, protect yourself. Go file for legal separation. And even on one of them, I told her, I said, well, but we're, we're working with a therapist. She said, protect yourself. And I said, why? Your finances. Just exactly like that, uh, the yeah. first therapist told me. Yeah. And at that time, I have lost my faith on everything. The only thing that I got the faith, my faith was going back to SLA because I know how it was. But the damage was already done. You know, when we yeah. were going through the separation, the letters from the IRS start coming. I should invest, you know, investigate more about that. About how much money have you spent? How much money we have? But during the separ separation, he went and he even cashed out his 401k. Then, right before the divorce, he didn't pay for my insurance for four months. Uh, he did it a lot of spending, and I still keep getting bills from him. Luckily, I'm not responsible for that because I managed to change to close one credit card. I closed that because I said, no, we're not married, so get him out. But, but the other thing that you mentioned that I wanted to bring up before we have to close was that the, the intuitive thoughts that you had, you know, because there you had a lot of like, you know, Mary, go home or look at this or check that. And I think that is like always like, we, I mean, with every story, we all have that, oh, you know, what is that? Something's weird here, you know, and you need to honor that, honor yourself and honor that intuitive voice. And that's what I would tell the younger Mary is to like, you know, when you're speaking to yourself like that, when you have that intuition to honor it and see, go, dig a little deeper and investigate right that's that's what i should have done but i didn't do it i mean even i even had a dream seeing him with a very very little women and dark hair and you know and yes maybe even sometime following but i did eventually afterwards i did and that was at the time i was just getting very violent one time i even went when i found out that he had an apartment i found out where the apartment was and then I went and I slashed his tires. I didn't slash the tires. I just got, I got the air out of the tires. 
See, that's just so sweet to me. That just shows me what a sweet person is that you didn't do any irreparable or permanent damage. It was kind of shitty, I have to admit, but it's also kind of funny because, you know. And, and, and we've all thought about it, you know. I've oh thought about God. doing shit like that. Absolutely. Well, and there are those of us, and I had like an AA friend a long time ago when I told her that I was going into this program. She goes, oh, I should go into that program. She goes, I, I, I shot my, I tried to shoot my husband with the shotgun in the bathtub. And, you know, if he hadn't have acted quickly and pulled the shotgun up, you know, it shot blew over his head. She goes, she, I would have killed him. And I said, yeah, you might, you might come in this fellowship. She goes, oh, he's gone now. <laughs> you know, but I mean. Yeah, it's him, not me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's like, that's what we do as sex and love addicts is that, you know, we get hurt and then we want to hurt them back. Or, you know, one-up them or do it. We just get involved with it. And, you know, and the beauty of this story, Mary, and we need to wrap up here in a couple of minutes, is that you got into recovery and this guy is out of your life. And even though you're having some residual problems that you have to clean up, you know, you're doing it. You're doing the work to clean it up for you, not for him, so that you can live a better and more peaceful life. And so I'm so proud of you for continuing to do that work and to examine this stuff and to look at it. I am too, because you know, her and I have had like, I mean, we've had, you know, we've had some budding heads. And, um, you know, I remember one night, one early morning being in, a, in the parking lot of a bank, I pulled over so I could talk to her and I was like imploring her, Mary, I implore you, do not do this. Because, and we talked about this a little bit, there was this period of time where it was like going in and out of that addictive fog, you know, where you can't really think and you don't really know, and you kind of know it's not right, but you're just like, you're like swept up in it and you just do it anyway. And the thing I, the thing I am so proud of you is, you know, to continue to come back and to work with me and to hear me and that, and to take it and to heal yourself. And you have done that in a honorable and very, um, just a very dignified manner. Thank you, Lisa. I would have done any other, I mean, I, I trust you. After that, I said, trust her. I mean, because she's telling you the truth, even though I was fighting it and I'm fighting it, but it was the fantasy. And then I started doing the work and showing up and calling Elizabeth because I knew she was right. I remember when we were doing the dating plan and she would say, you're gonna sleep with that guy tonight. And I say, no, what happened? Yes, I did, I did. But the thing is, you know, I'm now I am and you know, the message is pay attention to all those red flags. Trust your sponsor, trust the sponsor as much as you can because you know, they know, they know, that's what, you know, we trust them. I mean, uh, I know that when I, now, when I have doubts about something, I, I you know, I just call Elizabeth and, and I, the same thing I tell my sponsees, you know, and for me, this is my court, my court, because my fantasy, yeah. it, it can kill me. It can really, and, and this disease can kill me eventually yeah. too. So. 
And you push through the shame, Mary. Even though you had that deep shame, you push through it. So if I were to name this podcast, I would say, push through the shame, listen to your gut. Because those are the two things that I think, you know, if in, in retrospect, if you could have done it differently, you know, then listening to your gut and uh, paying attention. I think, you know, it, it it's the same for all of us. When we ignore that inner knowing, it can lead us into a bad place. And if nothing else, listener, if you suspect something, just, you know, just say, hey, listen, I just have a feeling I want to figure it out. Let me get to the bottom of it. And if there's nothing there, there's nothing there. But if there is, then, you know, you've got more information to go forward with your life. And I just want to thank you again for your honesty and your vulnerability and sharing this part of your story with us and our listeners. We appreciate it. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. Thank you, listener. So we will be back next week with a new um, with a new episode of Sober Sisters Talk. Thanks again, Mary. Bye, Elizabeth. Thank you for listening to the Sober Sisters Talk podcast. To find our podcast, we're at www.sobersisterstalk.com. We're also on Apple iTunes and on Facebook. See you next week.